Hi, this is Pastor Tim Crick, and you are listening to the weekly sermon podcast of Holy Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church in Newington, New Hampshire, a part of the ELCA, Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. You can find us online at www.htelc.com. We worship on Sunday mornings at 8.30 and 11 a.m., where you are never too late and there is always room for one more. We hope you can join us sometime, and we hope you find the sermon you're about to listen to helps you to understand and experience the depths of God's love for you and the entire world. Thanks for listening. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 10, verses 1 through 11 and 16 through 20. After this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in Paris to every town and place where he himself intended to go. He said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go on your way. See, I'm sending you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace to this house. And if anyone is there who shares in peace, your peace will rest upon that person. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide. For the laborer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you. Cure the sick who are there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, go out into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off and protest against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near. Whoever listens to you listens to me, and whoever rejects you rejects me, and whoever rejects me rejects the one who sent me. The 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, in your name, even the demons submit to us. He said to them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. See, I've given you authority to tread on snakes and scorpions and all over the power of the enemy, and nothing will hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. It always helps to, when you hear a gospel passage, to know the context in which it is situated in, and that context come in various forms. Right? It could be the cultural context. It could be... uh, the context of who it was written to, it could be the context of where it is in the Bible, what scripture is before it, and what scripture comes after it. And I think what helps is to know the uh, scriptural context of this passage to help us understand it a little bit more, specifically what comes right before it. Because our passage starts off, after this the Lord appointed. So they're saying something occurred right before. After that occurred, this occurred. And what occurred here is people go out. Anyone remember the passage from last week? I had to look it up also when I was writing this. So don't worry about it. Last week's passage had to do with Jesus. It began with, he set his face toward Jerusalem. And during that reading, he said, where I go, you cannot follow. Now it makes all sense to you, right? So Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. The disciples say, we're going to follow you. And Jesus says, you can't. Because Jesus does have a mission. It ends on the cross, dying on the cross, 
being resurrected in three days later. Disciples don't know this at that time, and so they think, oh, wherever Jesus goes, we're going to go. But remember, it's not really about Jesus just going to Jerusalem. It's about what's going to happen to Jesus in Jerusalem. And that is work for God to do through Jesus. That's not our work. And so Jesus says, where I go, you cannot follow. But then it begs the question, what are we to do? Do we just sit idly by, waiting for God to act, or waiting for Jesus to come again? And until that day comes, we just, we're in a waiting room. I don't know if I've used this analogy here before. Anybody ever go to the doctor's office? How many people enjoy sitting in the waiting room at the doctor's office? Right, Jerry? Wow, one person. But normally, and when I first came up with this analogy, it was before uh, really the proliferation of cell phones, but it works both ways, right? When we're waiting for our name to be called, we essentially sit, we hunker down, we kind of isolate ourselves, now we pull out our phone. Beforehand, we would read an out-of-date mag, Time magazine or something like that. Maybe a TV would be on that nobody really wants to watch. It's some bad daytime TV, but you better not change the channel, right? I mean, so you end up just kind of isolating yourself, waiting for your name to be called. And so we're just biding our time. Jesus is saying, we are not here to simply bide our time. God has work that he has done, that God has done through Christ, That is one aspect, and we have work to do as well. And this passage is about what that work is we are called to do. But Jesus sends them out. Don't take anything with you. Go into towns. Eat what they give. Stay a while. And if you're not welcome, well, then go on your way, right? But bring peace. Bring peace. And then we get this passage, and this is what I struggle with a little bit. And I really had to think about what I believe. And is what I believe in contradiction to what Jesus is saying here? Or do we oftentimes misunderstand what Jesus says? And this is what I mean. Whoever listens to you listens to me. Whoever rejects you rejects me. And whoever rejects me rejects the one who sent me. And this is why I have an issue with it, or why I thought maybe I had an issue with it. Because I believe in the end, everyone will be saved. What God has done through Christ on the cross covers anyone. It is so much more powerful than what you and I can do. And it is not dependent on whether we accept Jesus. It's, we know God has accepted us because of Jesus. But there's a lot of people that want nothing to do with church, right? And it seems like what Jesus is saying, if they reject you, they're rejecting me. And does that mean they're in trouble? I don't think so. Because I wonder sometimes why people reject the church, why people reject Jesus. Do they see the church bringing peace? And what does the peace we are called to bring look like? Too often, I think Christians get, uh, what is the word, what is the the phrase I want to use. We just need to get people to say the right thing and you need to go on your way. And the rest of the world looks at that. Is it really just about saying the right thing? Or is it about a lifestyle? And I'll tell you what I mean. 
if you didn't know, we moved here a year and a half ago, right? So like everybody else, we have neighbors. This true story, this happened about two weeks ago. We're outside mowing the lawn, and our neighbor next door, uh, he drives a truck across New England area. Uh, the wife teaches or works in a school in Maine, and he's out working on this uh, garden area. And so you stop the mower, you go and you talk, and you enjoy your neighbors. And as the two of them are out there talking, and I'm there, his wife had said, can I ask you something, Tim? How do you do what you do? And I said, what do you mean? She's like, well, you're a pastor, right? I said, yeah. How do you do that? (laughs) And it wasn't like, how do I be a pastor? It was, how are you a Christian? Does that make sense? She's like, I see what is going on, and you seem like a normal guy. (laughs) And I don't see you getting caught up in all of those things that it seems like Christians are getting caught up in. Can I ask you about that at some time? And I said, and she listed off some of the things, anti-against, whatever it might be. And I said, well, I'm not that kind of Christian. And this is what I believe in. Her husband was there. He's like, I would love to sit down and have a beer with you more and talk about some of this stuff. And I said, if you're bringing the beer, I'm drinking. <laughs> but that is the reputation that I think Christians have. It is about telling people where they are wrong or talking about things that don't really matter, that aren't about truly bringing peace. Every year, it seems like, at some point, you get into, or we don't get it, you don't get into, but you hear about it like a war on Christmas, right? Can you say Merry Christmas? Can you not say Merry Christmas? This is what I find ironic about it. Like, this is the battle certain Christians have picked. I want to say Merry Christmas at the grocery store or at Target when I'm buying $200 worth of garbage that I don't really need. Does that make sense? But yet I better be able to say Merry Christmas when what I'm doing has nothing to do with Christmas and celebrating the birth of Jesus and God coming in to restore the world. What does it mean to bring peace into the world? What does it mean to heal The disciples go out and they heal. The demons submit to them. What are the demons that we have in this world that we need to be healed from? What are we addicted to? It's easy to name what appears to be negative things, evil things, and say that's what we're addicted to, whether it's, you know, certain drugs or whatever it might be. The real challenge of it, what are those things that we now deem acceptable, (laughs) that we're addicted to, that we need to be healed from. Right? That's the kind of peace that we so desperately need. What is our relationship to money? What is our relationship to our country? What is our relationship to our brothers and sisters? What is our relationship, right? That is the kind of peace we need. And that's not always going to be easy, right? It's not going out into the wolves, and we're being ridiculed for being Christian when it's really just about whether we wish someone a Merry Christmas. But it's going out to where it's a dangerous place because we're standing up for things that people like the way it works. But yet the system is horrible to others. That's what's working for peace, is when you see where justice is not occurring. And that is what kind of the peace that the world desperately needs. 
That's what Jesus is talking about. That's hard work to do. That's why we gather, isn't it? To come be told there's an alternative story about who you are, what is important, what is not important. Not just how do I view myself, how do I view other people? What boundaries have we erected that make us feel safe, but yet not, are not in the interest of who God is revealed in Jesus Christ? And how do we tear down those barriers so that we are united, so that true peace reigns? We're going to sing a song at the end of the worship service called This Is My Song, Finlandia. Anyone, you, I'm sure you recognize the tune if you don't know it. <clears throat> Over the past several years, I've taken a habit of selecting this song to sing when it comes around uh, national or patriotic holidays. I think it's totally fine to love where you live. What I love about this song is that it recognizes other people love where they live also, that it's not us against them, but it's all of us in it together. That is the peace that Christ desires for us, that God desires for us. So if you want to flip to the back of it, and you can see some of those lyrics, I'm going to look specifically at verse number two. My country's skies are bluer than the ocean, and sunlight beams on clover leaf and pine. Right? Ugh. But other lands have sunlight too, and clover and skies are everywhere as blue as mine. That's God's hope for the world. God's peace for the world. That any boundary we put up, God is working toward tearing it down. Because we are one. And it's not always going to go our way. And it's... Right? The temptation is, you know, we heard this last week too. Jesus rejected, and what did the disciples want to do? They wanted to rain down fire. <laughs> it's not the case. We go about doing our work. I think that's an aspect when we have this. Jesus says, greet no one on the road, right? People can get, anybody get distracted? What's distract us? Is that really part of it? Or are we getting caught up in things that are menial, that do not matter? And we're called to care about the things that matter and work toward God's peace that is coming when Christ comes again and that we have some kind of glimpse of it already now through each other. That's the world I like to be part of. I think that's the world we want to be part of. I think that's the world God is working to create in and through us. God saves. We serve. Amen. That's the sermon for this week. We hope from it you learned a bit more about God's love for you and the world. Please subscribe and rate our podcast to help us be found by and reach more people. Thanks for listening, and don't forget, you are loved.